Hi friends, I'm Paige. And I'm Abby. And welcome to a Love Like This podcast. What's up guys, welcome back to the show. You guys have asked and you shall receive. We've got Rachel and Terry Johnson back on the show only they are together this week. So get ready to hear our parents speak on making a home and what truly living a good quality life looks like. Enjoy guys. Well, welcome back to our show, Mum and Dad. Thank you for taking time out of your evening to come chat with us again. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Thank you, guys. We love being on the podcast. <laughs> so today we wanted to talk on something super specific about what living a good, meaningful life looks like. Is that cool? Yeah. Oh gosh. Sure, so these are questions that have come into you. Well, a couple, we've created, couple people a couple we've and a couple that we've created, but it's all under this idea. So we'll start with like an easy. I love this question. I love it too. Like a light question. How do you guys make our house a home and why is it so important to spend time with your family? Well, so to tackle that question in two parts, the first thing you asked was how do we make our house a home? Mm -hmm. For me, it's easy because um, there's so much love in it. And I think when there's so much love in it, it's easy to get it to, I guess, exude that um, and dad and I worked really hard, you know, in the, the beginning of, I guess, our marriage and we had goals and we knew we wanted this house, but more for you guys than for us. Mm-hmm. So for me, a house is a home because it's full of love and we're just blessed all the other things come along with it, like the nice furniture and the, you know, refurbishments and the fresh paint and mm-hmm. all the really cool things that we've been doing to it. Um, and another thing I, I love about a house being a home is that Um, we've always had prayer really important to our family. And I think you feel that when you come into somebody's home and Mm. and the way you make people feel when they get there. And hopefully we've made all our loved ones and friends who have come and gone and visited throughout the years feel welcome. Mm. And for me too, photos, (laughs) you know, me and my photos. (laughs) And candles. (laughs) And, And what was the second part of that question? Why is it so important to spend time with that's the most important thing ever for me anyway to have time with you guys. I know it is for Dad too. Mm-hmm. But why is it so important is mm-hmm. the question. It's for me the be all and end all of everything, spending mm-hmm. time with you guys. You know, we're and it's borrowed for us. Mm-hmm. It's not forever. You know, you guys are all growing up. Look, me is already 24, you're already 19. Mm-hmm. So especially more so now than ever, time with you is is really treasured. Yeah, so but. <clears throat> about the house or the home. Um, so when I when I was growing up, we moved around a lot. Mm-hmm. I think I lived in, I think it was about 20-something houses before I was 18 or 19, so we moved around a lot. So when I, one of my goals in life was to get married and and then, but I wanted I wanted stability. I wanted a place I could call my own, you know, and that, that meant everything to me. So we've been here 23 years now. And um, and I'm still doing stuff, and I'm just so glad that we had the opportunity to create such a stable environment for you guys. We've never moved, and as you know, we got the our parents or parents-in-law next next door, your grandparents, and it's just <laughs> it's just nice, you know, just to have a home. Why is it so important to spend time with us, Dad? Well, it's so important to spend time with you guys because you're the coolest people I know. There's really no one else I really want to spend time with, to be quite honest. <laughs> Mostly, well, you guys are always fun, and we just, you know, it's just 
some of the best memories we've ever had are all together as a family. And um, like mum said, you know, the, the it's borrowed time, you know, and yeah, it's just the best, the best time we've ever had. And we're lucky too, because we all get on. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you guys, the four of you are so close and like Dad said, like you guys are the best people we know, mm-hmm. and to to have that in one family is just such a unbelievable. I, I have no words to describe how wonderful mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. And as as parents, seeing your four kids hanging out all the time, and you know laughing and mucking around and playing, mm-hmm. and it's so it's so great as parents to see that it mm-hmm. it's gives you the best best feeling. It's a sense of accomplishment seeing your kids, and it's. Mm-hmm. Is it like contentment? Is that what it is? I think it's probably more it's, than that. It's it's like more than satisfaction. It's the greatest joy mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you guys, <clears throat> the relationship that you guys have is every parent's goal, I think, is not just to have love, you know, generate out of your kids for others but within your kids to one mm-hmm. another as well. And you guys do that on a daily basis and that brings mm-hmm. us so much joy, so, yeah. so much joy. How has your faith played a part in living a good life? Well, for me, faith is the centre of it. I don't think my life would have been or would still continue to be as good or as wonderful as it is and has been and will be without mm-hmm. my faith. I couldn't I, I couldn't do anything in my life if I if I break it down into the all the areas. So for example, uh, with my relationships with my kids, my mm-hmm. parents, my friends, I approach those with gratitude and I think gratitude comes well you know it's one of those virtues I think that come from faith because faith is one of those things that you don't see and you're just thankful for it anyway Mm. um so I didn't think I I I could do anything in my life without it when I think of work you know I know I can't face some of the challenges I've been facing lately um without it because I go in and I I know he's got me and I know I'm where I'm meant to be, and through my faith, I feel confident in helping others. I feel com- confident in decisions. Mm. I love being reassured in knowing that everything happens for a reason. Mm. Um, I love finding goodness in even the worst situations. You know that that whole perspective that not just faith has shown me, but the growth of my knowledge in it as well. Mm. For me, I think, I think, uh, I guess faith. You know, some some faith and some religions have rules around them, and the the rules are kind of like you know basic um, building blocks. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I I think that's how we've tried to bring your kids up, just giving you good building blocks. You know, just being consistent all the time, and um, yeah, with faith at the center of it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And um, and you know, and I think also when you're a parent, you know, you're always worrying about your kids and. I think you've got to have faith that, you know, someone's looking after them. Mm-hmm. And there's been times, there's been some incredible um, times, you know, with the kids where I know someone's looking after them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's near misses and, you know, things that could have gone terribly wrong, but they didn't. And my immediate reaction is, is to say thank you to God yeah. or whoever's looking That's after right. us. You know, now that especially like it's just the little things, like especially now you're all driving. You know, mm-hmm. it's just so reassuring to have a secret prayer before you guys go and have this wonderful peace. I think it brings peace in everything that you face. Like mm-hmm. I said earlier, like whether it's work or, or whatever the case may be, it's just 
beautiful inner peace in knowing that every aspect of your life comes from your faith. And it's easy as a parent to worry, like when you see kids driving at night or whatever, all parents worry. But I think Rach said once that um, worrying is like praying for something to go wrong. Mm. Yeah, we're praying for the bad things to happen. Praying for bad things to happen, right? So, but it's funny, you know, when you see your kids drive off and my last thought is it's kind of like comforting because I know someone's taking care of you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and that's the best comfort of all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it, it's like, you know, you're, it's trust as well, trusting mm-hmm. and knowing that what, why worry, you know, when, you know, what, what was that um, mm-hmm. Bible passage, your favourite one? Four. Philippians 4. Yeah. You know, where you can leave mm-hmm. having him to carry that all for you mm-hmm. I honestly, you know, of course, as humans, we're all going to worry. We're all going to be concerned. We're all going to vent. Something's not going to go our way. Things are never going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. But I think having faith enables you to find perfection in imperfections, you That's know, true. and see things through through a very, very different perspective, a really mm-hmm. positive, enlightening one. That's good. You can't spell good without God. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what is some advice? Because... I don't know, I feel you and Dad are really good at remaining present, if that makes sense. Like you're always in the here and the now and you're always giving every day like your absolute best. So for someone who's struggling to be present, what's some advice you could give to that person? Mm. Being present. So you mean instead of being distracted? like Yeah, all your thoughts just kind of go like... I, I, I guess it's, I've t- it's taken me a long time to learn that, but it's a I think it's a learned skill where you... It's almost like you've got a, your brain almost has to snap into gear and say, well, get present, yes, you know, and then focus on your kids because, you know, I think kids, what's that old saying? Um, kids spell love, T-I-M-E. Oh, that's cute. So, oh, that's cute. And I always, I heard that a long time ago. And I, so I always remember that it's so important to spend time with your kids because that's, that's their measure of love, you know. They, yeah. they just want to spend time with their, their mum and dad and... I think the more time you can spend with them, you know, and we've made decisions where, you know, we've given up probably making more money and things like that to spend time with your kids. And it's the best investment we've ever made. So for me, um, I think to be present, I think it's a lot easier for people to, um, I guess, take things for granted and go through the motions day to day. You know, you get up, you go to work, you have, you follow your routine, you might go for a walk, you might go to the gym, whatever the case may be, and you do that day in, day out without actually making a conscious effort to stop and be mindful. Um, so I think it's something that we have to train our brains to do because I don't think that it's our first port of call. I think our first port of call is to go through the motions, yeah. you know, and, and, and not really stop to smell the roses. And, and I think it is about making it a habit you know, Mm -hmm. and being mindful and really stopping and really thinking. And I think like any habit, the more and more you're mindful, the more and more you're aware of your surroundings with combining that with having that attitude of gratitude that I love. I think, you know, that that's the key to being present is to really looking around and, you know, really honing in on your senses in that moment. And, you know, that's not easy to do. That's not easy to do. I sh- that's something and I struggle with it a lot as well. Yep. How often, you, you know, you think about sitting in previous classes in school or listening mm-hmm. to your lecture now where your mind tends to drift and you're thinking of something else, you're wondering, you know, 
what you're going to wear tomorrow or if you've got something on the weekend or whatever the case may be. It, it's a matter of realizing and being aware that you're doing it. So it's kind of like, oh, you know, I need to be present right now. I've got somebody speaking to me or I've got, you know, I'm at a picnic and rather than being on my phone and worrying about, you know, whether I've got the good shot for my social media, I am actually enjoying where I am right now and using my senses, you know, smell where I am. And, and often what that does is when you use all your five senses and you're mindful, you could be five years down the track and something could trigger that memory. Mm. You know, when That's you smell true. something, that, it's like, oh what, my gosh. Is that what it is? Well, I, I think it's definitely I never thought part about of it, it that way. That's cool. You know, and I think it helps embed it even more when you, you find those links and you really make that conscious effort to be mindful. But like I said, it's difficult to do, you know, in the, the waking hours from 6 to 10 at night, you know, you can't can't always expect to do it, especially, you know, you might be sitting in traffic or mm. so it's about being aware when you're not and then flipping your script to it's, it's being again, mindful. It's like a circuit breaker. It's got a switch on in your head. So like, mm. like if you're going for a walk, I've got a friend, he's like a mentor and He's, he's had a near-death experience. He had, you know, terminal cancer at one point, but he got through it somehow, some miracle. Anyway, he goes for a walk every morning, and he taught me just to look for the little things. And I remember a few weeks ago, he sent me a photo of a flower on his walk, and I thought, oh, that's nice. You know, there's these sort of a pink, there's a series of pink flowers on this thing. And, and I said, I commented on his post. I said, Gee, that's nice, Peter. And he goes, have a good look. So I went back in and had another look and, and so there were five flowers, but on the flowers there's a droplet of water, but they were also reflecting the flowers on the next branch. So if you look closely, you could see all these multiple flowers and that's what he picked up. So he, he, he sees these little things and he, he just looks for them and, he, and I'm trying to do that more and more. And, and that's what I, it should be. It's the little things yeah. that we take for granted, you know, like at the moment. We're so blessed with all the lorikeets that come every springtime. And, you know, to some people, they're just birds. It's like, oh, the birds are there. They're making so much noise. They're keeping me awake. But for me, like every morning after Dad spent them, to go out and see them and feel the sunshine, it just brings back every springtime memory. And it's one of those things that brings such joy. And I don't know whether you would actually feel that same way repeatedly every springtime unless you really stopped to look, to smell, to take it all in. And, and like Dad said, the little things, you know, they don't have to be grandiose. They're just little, little tiny things like that. Or it could even be like the smell of a scented candle. Like we were just talking about that candle and how many memories it brought back for us. You know, it, it could be sipping your favorite, you know, coffee blend. <laughs> like it could be sitting in a Starbucks. You, you know, we always love that. Or, have, you got, have you guys ever heard of the golfer Arnold Palmer? Yeah. So Arnold Palmer, he was he was one of the world's most famous golfers, right? He wasn't the biggest winner of all time, but he was the most loved golfer. He di he died a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. and he was so popular. He his golf fans were called Arnie's Army. They loved him, mm. right? And even to this day, every single person that talks about him and had met him, and I've got a friend that met him at Pebble Beach. Yeah. He had this skill, no matter how busy he was, no matter what he was doing, if you walked up to him and said, hello, Mr. Palmer, my name is Terry, he would stop what he was doing and he'd look at you and he'd talk to you. And everybody said the same thing. It felt like he was connecting with you because of his, the way he looked at you, the way he, he looked in your eyes, you know. And I reckon that's pretty cool. That sort of legacy 
and and that's how I think you get remembered by people yeah. as well. And that's how you, you garner respect from people is by being present and listening to them. That's so good. That's why God gave you two ears and one mouth, so you that's, do listen. Yeah, that's I know. That's There's it. a reason why the present is called the present. Because it's a gift. Because it's a gift. You said that to me the other day. I was like, how I have I never yeah, heard that? Actually. This next question comes in from a close family friend. Robin. Robin's Robin. asking. She really, she was so. She really wants the answer to this question. She was obsessed with both both of your episodes. Um, I hope I can answer it well, Robin. Okay, so think kind of practically about this. Um, What steps did you guys put in place to overcome FOMO? I need to know, OMG. Oh gosh, I think the question. (laughs) I I think. Did you talk about FOMO? Yeah, a little bit on the last podcast. I think FOMO is it's it's about for people that don't know, FOMO is the fear of missing out, right? And I was pretty hopeless at it when I was younger, to be honest. If I, if I didn't get invited somewhere, I'd get really, I'd get a bit down, you know, I'd get a bit upset and feel like I was getting neglected or whatever. But FOMO is um, something that honestly, if you, can get, if you can get over FOMO, it means that you're confident in what you are and who you are. It means that you, you prioritize the things that you want to do before anyone else. So, you know, um, I think, FOMO, if you have FOMO, you say yes to a lot of things you probably don't really want to do and, and that de- de- detracts from things that you really want to do or what you should be focusing on. So, yeah, good tip in life, just get over FOMO. Mm-hmm. But I think it's yeah. – sorry, honey. I was no, just going to say I think it's a lot easier said than done for some people. But what I think we all have to remember is at some stage in our life, regardless of, you know, whatever um, – a stage of development we are, we're at or wherever we are in our lives, whether we're in our teens or adulthood, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, one of we're all going to experience FOMO at one time or another mm-hmm. where it could be the obvious FOMO where everybody's out and you weren't invited or, you know, same case or you can't go because you're sick and you're feeling like everyone's out there having fun and you're missing mm-hmm. out. Um, but I think at the end of the day, and I, I, and I don't know, I wish there were some clear steps. But I think what's important to really remember is what I think goes hand in hand with FOMO is insecurity. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're secure in yourself and when you have that self-love and that self-validation to know that you don't need to be part of everything because you have everything in you already. So, um, you know, it's not about not being at a party or not about being at the club on a Friday night or not wearing what all the girls are, you know, wearing right now and missing out on the brand labels Mm -hmm. and feeling that you're missing out because you don't have what they have or because you're not doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. It's about that self-fulfillment. It's Mm -hmm. about, you know what, why would that matter to me? I have everything I need right here. Like I don't need to be a sheep. I want to be the shepherd. What, What is it, you know, why would I allow superficial things like that to affect my joy? Mm. You That's know? so good. So, you think if, um, you know, if you live your life by waiting for the next invitation to a party or, or something like that, you know, you're, you're probably setting yourself up for disappointment because yeah. if you don't get it, you're going to be upset. <clears throat> so I don't know if I spoke about this in the last podcast, but do you want to hear my life rule on FOMO again? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> rule it. number 47, never have FOMO. It is the root cause of wasted time, wasted energy, and resentment. Mm-hmm. Protect your time with your life. And as one of my um, mentors, I suppose, uh, Zig Ziglar says, when somebody asks you to do something, 
and this is so empowering, this is the answer you should give. You know those times when somebody asks you to do something and they put you on the spot and you say yes and later on you think, why the hell did I say that? So Zig Ziglar says, if you, if you need an answer right now, it's a no. But if you can wait until tomorrow, I would let you know. And what it does, it gives you time to think about whether you really want to do it, whether you really want to hang out with those people or whether you want to do something that you want to do. Mm-hmm. That gives you, gives you a bit of an out. <clears throat> That's good. I think also on big scale, I feel like, I don't know, this is just an example. You know, you're 25 years old, you're still single, don't have kids, everyone around you is engaged, getting pregnant. I feel like that can be FOMO as well. You have a fear of missing out on that. I uh, think it's funny that you say that because there was something Dad and I were listening to this morning uh, about that, and it was about how people um, measure their lives against other people. Mm-hmm. And it isn't about measuring your life against someone else. It's about work, walking your own path and yeah, following your own journey. I was going to say that. Staying yeah. in your own I lane. think exactly. And it all links. It all links into your faith because you know your destiny has been assigned. Yeah. So in the meantime, enjoy the journey. Yeah, don't compare. Don't worry about, you know, with, along with insecurity, of course, is comparison, you yeah. know, and why compare yourself to anybody else but who you were yesterday? So the only person you need to compete with is you in the sense that each day mm-hmm. you want to be a better version of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. my, fear, my fear of missing out is I'm, I always have a fear that I'm going to miss out on everything that God would have me do and who he wants me to be, if that makes sense. If I let insecurities or fear get in the way of that, I'd be so scared to miss out. Like who knows what's on the other side of that. Often that fear of missing out can overtake your goals. You know, it can overtake where you're meant to be and it can destroy, you know, your dreams because Mm -hmm. you're spending all this time comparing and worrying and measuring yourself up to others that you're missing the point. Okay. How do you guys overcome being in a rut, whether that's like a mental rut, a faith rut or a happiness rut? How do you get out of it? You know those moments where you're just like, oh. And I feel incredibly blessed to say this, but if if I'm in a rut, Mm -hmm. which I'm not often in a rut, um, I look at it and we've said this before and I think I might have mentioned it last time, but I do definitely look at it as an opportunity for some changes. Mm-hmm. So, and I have recently had one where I did feel in a little bit of a, I guess not not so much in a negative sense, but I did feel that I was at a place in my career where it was, um, I guess, losing its mm-hmm. um, excitement, motivation for me for a little while. And every time I'm in a situation like that, whether it be with the things that you're asking, happiness or faith um, or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. Um, I'll look at it and I'll, I'll use it as an opportunity to make some changes because I think you don't get into a rut unless God is telling you something has to change. Mm. You know, the reason that you're putting that rut is to give you, I guess, a little bit of a warning to say, hey, something's going on here that you're on my, you're on the path, but I don't want you to follow it right now. I need you to go in another direction. So um, I believe that things happen, like I said earlier, for definite reasons and being in a rut or feeling stale or complacent in something is one of those Mm -hmm. great opportunities that can give you a reason to change things. Otherwise, if you don't, you'll stay in that rut, you know, or you'll stay in that hole that whatever, you know, metaphor you want to use for it. Mm -hmm. So with me, I look at it as an opportunity and then I make some choices. And usually I want to get out of it and I'll do whatever it takes to, um, Mm -hmm. whether it be to 
you know, change my job or, or change, you know, something about what's going on around me in order to alter the situation to make it better because I will definitely not stay in it and I will definitely not let it get the better of me because mm-hmm. I, I refuse to live that way and I can't and I won't. I don't want to. Life's too precious. It's a choice. So, you know, at that crossroad, that's it. I'm, I'm, mm. I know which way I'm heading and it's definitely not further down the right. Mm. And again, right, um, don't get into a rut in the first place. Yeah. So have, a, have an incredible morning routine, which includes a to-do mm-hmm. list and, and a gratitude <laughs> list, and that kind of pumps you up for the day anyway. <laughs> but um, um, I used to be, I used to get into ruts, that's for sure, especially when I was in jobs that I didn't really want to be in and I knew I could do better. That's mm-hmm. probably when I felt I was in a rut more than any time. Mm-hmm. But since I started my own business, you know, I'm the boss, I'm in control of everything. So it's up to me, really. Mm-hmm. If I'm in a rut, all it's my doing. So, so now you just pull yourself out of it. And I figure, I found out one of the best ways to overcome a rut or, you know, those days where you just don't feel like doing anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, the best thing to do is the opposite to how you feel, right? So I've always thought, and it works incredibly well, is that you ring a client. See, what can happen, right? If you're at work, say in my job, and you're not feeling like really talking to people and you're just not energetic and whatever, as soon as the phone rings and it's a client, your brain just switches into service mode, into mm. client mode. And after that, you feel energetic. Mm. All that tiredness and lethargy you felt before has disappeared. Mm. So I, I played a mind trick and now what I do, I'll, I'll call a client in the morning first thing mm. and immediately put you into that headspace. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're okay. So this weekend, you guys are celebrating your 27th wedding anniversary. What are some things that you have learned? I think, I think what I've learned is um, to communicate is really important. Like I feel like um, these opportunities that dad and I create for each other to talk every morning by going for a walk has been something that has been so positive mm-hmm. um, with our, like, we've been doing it It'll on the 7th of October. It's three years. Seriously? We've been walking every single day. Oh, I wish I could say it's been 27. Oh, never forget. And every single day, have you missed a day? I don't think you have. If we have, it has been raining, like out of our control. No, even when it rains, like we'll still go with our umbrellas and raincoats. But I think having definite couple time where it's just the two of you just to debrief, vent, whatever the case is, Mm -hmm. but however you want to communicate, I think that's Mm -hmm. really, really important. And just like, um, what we said with parenting with you guys, it's spending time with each other as well. Mm-hmm. But I think where dad and I are lucky is we've got so much in common, um, especially like our values, mm-hmm. you know, I, and I love I love our discussions and our political discussions lately and mm-hmm. um, the stuff that, you know, all six of us talk at the dinner table, talk about mm-hmm. that, you know, makes dad and I sit back and together like we're like a team. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think that's really mm-hmm. But what I've learned, I think, is to communicate and, and make time for each other, basically, mm-hmm. long story short. Well, I, for me, it's about, and, and it's in my life rules again, <laughs> but um, uh, like, honestly, don't, jealousy is a terrible thing, you know, and um, you can't be jealous in, in any relationship. It's just, it's, a, it's really a sign of weakness um, from the person who's jealous and, and there's um, no need for it when you've been married for as long as we yeah. have. But even even for young people, you know, yeah. there's, you know, it's easy for them to be jealous. But again, it comes down. It's a, it's just the lack of confidence in yourself more and than anything. And also trust too. And I trust. Think. But like one of my goals, like one of my goals that 
is written down and we try and do it is a monthly date night with Rach. And our date nights are pretty That's cool. Cute. I mean, we, we make the most. We go into the city and spend a you know night in the city. We've been doing it really regularly for a long time, and it's awesome. And our and our walking every morning. But what's nice is now that you guys are all grown up. I mean, it's it's now easy for us to kind of reap what we've sown. Now that yeah. you guys are young adults, we can have that time to do that. But even when you guys were little, like, mm. and that was a blessing with grandma and grandpa next door because we had them. Um, as part of our network to help us look after you so we could do <laughs> those things that like go date, you know, go for a date or, you know, um, sometimes dad had these fantastic conferences that I'd be blessed enough to, to be invited to. So, you know, we were lucky, you know, I, I know that and I'm grateful for it that we've always been very fortunate where we've had a network of love and support from them, from, you know, your uncles and, and um you know, extended family, you know, every we've always had somebody, um, but especially grandma and grandpa where they've been there to take care of you so we can go and have our dates. So, but we made it a point, you know And they I mean? were some of our best memories with grandma and grandpa as well. But, and we also made it a priority. I think if you make it a priority, you make it happen because it's another one of those things that you can take for granted. When your kids are little, especially having four kids under five, it's really difficult because you know, we're running around like, and it's exhausting. You know, it can be really tiring. I can't even like, oh, that would have been so crazy. It was crazy. But also like we've always, we've always had things that we plan, you know, like our trips, our holidays and things like that. And if you've listened to the other podcasts, you'll understand that our, our family holidays are our priority above money, above anything else. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we put off renovating our kitchen for 20 years because <laughs> we'd rather spend that money on holidays and time with our kids. Um, and I think goal setting together and having similar yeah. goals and working towards that goal. I think as well, you and dad have the same hopes in all us four kids. Like your hopes for us are the same. Yeah. And we realise how lucky we are, but, you know, it's, it takes, again, consciousness and effort mm. and work. Do you want to hear my rule 21 in life? Well done. <laughs> <laughs> it says, be present with your family. They are everything and this is where true happiness lies. And that's so true, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, gosh, if you can't, if you can't enjoy your time with your family, your kids, where the hell are you going to find happiness? Thank you so much, Mum and Dad. Thank oh, you for having us. This is probably one of my favourite episodes, I won't lie to you. I loved it so much. I love your podcast. We're so proud of you. We're so proud. This podcast mm -hmm. is amazing. Thank you. I feel honoured to be on it for the second time. Yeah, we're so thankful that you guys came on. So thanks, guys. Thanks, beautiful girls. We love you. Love we're so you. proud of what you're doing. Love you. Love you too. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning in on this week's episode. We hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did recording it. We're so thankful for our parents and all they do for us. Stay tuned for next week's episode, guys. We have another really special guest coming on the show. We love you guys. Have the best week ahead.